Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, as we continue to learn about our holy Beit HaMikdash during this very unique and special time of the year. Today we're going to talk about the guardians. And before I begin, I want to make special mention that the zuchut, the merit of this holy Torah study, is dedicated to the miraculous recovery of Chaya Chinka Miriam Baschana. May Hashem have mercy upon her, may he grant her long life, and may we all merit to see a miracle in our times. Over the past two episodes, we've talked about the sacred duty that Hashem, Almighty God, gives us, the Jewish people, in safeguarding the Beit HaMikdash, that is, the holy temple that once stood and will again rise on Mount Moriah in Jerusalem. The guardians. Nobody disputes that they have to be both Kohanim, that is, the male descendants of Aaron the high priest, as well as the tribes people of Levi, or the Levites. The Rambam, Maimonides, is of the opinion that this guardianship, if you will, or this responsibility to serve on guard duty, only applies during the evening. The Rambam's chief protagonist, the Ravid, sharply disagrees. In fact, he maintains that if one were to look carefully at the commentary in the Talmud, you will see that the guards must stand duty during the day and during the night. The Minchas Chinuch supports this view. He says, just as an earthly king would have an honor guard during the day and at night, perhaps a point in case, case in point would be Buckingham Palace or the Ottawa Guards. If a guard is there, he's always supposed to be there. There's an honor guard that's posted at the grave or tomb of the unknown soldier. He's always there. He's not protecting the unknown soldier from anything. It's a national shrine, so it shouldn't be neglected. Nevertheless, as we've explained in the previous episodes, based on the reasoning of the Tiferet Yisrael, especially as we lean on the reasoning of the great Rishon, the Rosh, one can come to the conclusion that when there is activity in the Beit HaMikdash, there's no guard necessary because the, guardi, the guard's job or mission or purpose is mindfulness. And when the Kohenim are working in the Beit HaMikdash, obviously we haven't neglected the Beit HaMikdash and they are mindful of it. So, this brings us to the question of who are those guards? And as we learned in the previous episode, the Rambam, after establishing in Halacha Beis in paragraph 2 of the 8th chapter, that this Shemirah, in his view, is only relevant at night, and that's been richly elucidated and explained over the past two episodes, we now focus on who those guards are. And this episode is going to kind of focus and zero in on the Rambam's seeming unnecessary presentation of verses. He seems to bring verse after verse, carefully leaving certain words out, but incorporating others in. And the obvious question that we're going to try to answer is, why? What was the Rambam aiming at? We know that his words were extremely precise, and there's a message to be found in every single quotation. So the Rambam says, Hashomrim heim hakohenim As mentioned, nobody argues about this. In fact, 
It can be seen openly in the verses. If, for example, you go to the book of Numbers, the 18th chapter opens with God speaking to Aaron through his prophet Moshe Rabbeinu, and he reiterates the command that he has already given previously in the third chapter of Numbers that the tribe of Levi has a sacred duty to guard the dignity, the sanctity, and the holiness of the Beit HaMikdash. So the, the question then is, which source do we have for this idea of Kohanim and Levian? And the Rambam goes on to say this. It's the Kohanim and the Levian, Shanemar. And I know I shared these verses in the previous episode, but I shared them very broadly. And now we're going to kind of drill into the details. Shanemar, for it is written. The Rambam now is quoting from Numbers chapter 18, verse 1. He begins the quote, mid-verse, with the words, Va'ata uvonecha itoch, you and your children with you. Now he's speaking to Aaron, the high priest. We can see that because the outset of the verse says, Va'yomer Hashem el Aaron, God says to Aaron, Ata, you, uvonecha, and your children, ubeit avicha, and your father's clan, which is obviously a, a paternal household reference to the tribe of Levites, Tisu esavon ha-migdash. You'll be responsible for the base ha-migdash. The Ramam doesn't quote this verse because it doesn't specifically emphasize the idea of guarding. It just says you'll be responsible. He doesn't in any way find a place where there's emphasis on the concept of guardianship. That you have to stand, I guess, guard duty. There's a Beit HaMikdash Brigade. But because the Pasuk, because the verse then repeats itself, it says, Ato uvonecha itach, you and your children with you. Tisu esavon kahunatchen, you are going to be the ones to carry with you that proverbial uh, burden of iniquity if the kahuna is trifled with. So then you are the one who's responsible. You are the one who has to, if you will, pony up. It says, Ato uvonecha itoch. However, one could argue that Rambam isn't quoting verse 1 because verse 1 doesn't specifically emphasize the concept of guarding the Beis HaMikdash. It only talks about responsibility. Well, we go on to verse 2. Here, V'gam esachecha mate levi shevet avicha an emphasis on enlisting the Levites, your brethren from the tribe of Levi. Hakrev itoch, you will bring them close, and they have to join you. V'yilavu alecha, by joining you, v'yashartucha, and they will minister to you. How? Well, we're going to later on explain in the Talmud that this is a reference to the concept of serving as watch people or watchmen in the outer areas of the Beit HaMikdash. But once again, here the Torah zeroes in again, You and your children before the Ohel Moed. Now, this is the three words that the Rambam chooses to quote. Adding then the other three words, So ask yourself the question. If the Rambam is talking about the job that Kohanim have to do, then 
really and truly, this verse doesn't seem to speak about the job because the job Kohenim have to do is in the Ohel Moed, not before it. Clearly, there's something that they're supposed to do which isn't inside the Beit HaMikdash, but rather, I guess, kind of outside of it or at the entranceway. What could this be? Based on the words of our sages, the Rambam says we can see clearly that we're talking about the idea of Shmira, and here we have Rambam's words himself, Kilomar. In other words, the oral tradition of this verse is Atem Tihiyu Shomrim Lo. You will serve as watchmen for it. So what does this verse tell us? Well, it tells us that the Levites are part of the bigger picture, but it doesn't tell us that the Levites have a specific responsibility to guard the Beis HaMikdash. It does tell us that the Kohanim have a specific responsibility to guard the Beis HaMikdash. <laughs> you may ask the question, isn't this verse talking about the Mishkan? Isn't this verse talking about the traveling tabernacle in the desert? Perhaps when it's a tabernacle that's put up and taken down, it needs to be guarded specially. How do we know this applies to a permanent Beit HaMikdash? Maybe a structure of stone has dignity, honor, and glory all by itself. Well, this question is actually addressed by our sages. And in order to appreciate the Rambam's copious quoting of verses, and there's going to be a lot of verses quoted over here, I want to share with you a comment of the Radvaz. Radvaz is, is, um, was an incredible Sephardic sage who made his way across North Africa. He was heading to Eretz Yisrael, but when he came to Libya, he found no Torah leadership. So he stayed there for a couple of decades until he could fulfill his dream of living in the Holy Land. He ended up living in, in Egypt, and, and there he was, the leader of the Jewish community, lived a very long life. I believe he lived over a century long, and he authored thousands of responses, but he also filled in, wherever there wasn't commentary on Rambam, Radvaz filled in for him. So in the book of Avodah, there wasn't any commentary, so Radvaz fills in. And Radvaz says this. He says, In order for you to understand, why the master had to bring all of these verses, well, I must then first introduce you to the Gemara in Mesechet Tamid. Now, rather than simply reading from the Radvaz, who may have been writing for somebody who didn't have the Gemara in front of him, let me take you straight to the Gemara. Let's take a look at the Talmud. This is the tractate that deals with the daily activities in the Beis HaMikdash. It's called Tamid, which means continuous. The Mishnah in Mesechet Tamid opens with the words, in three places, there's three places that the Kohanim have to stand guard duty in the Beit HaMikdash. So the Gemara says, really? From where do we know this? And Abayah says, we know it from a verse which is found in the beginning of the book of Numbers. Now, interestingly, the Ramam doesn't quote from that verse just yet. He begins by quoting from Numbers 18, which is a reiteration of that which we heard about earlier. Why does he do this? Well, the Ravid says, and Radvaz says he does this because in these verses, you can specifically see how the Kohanim are given a unique and separate responsibility in guard duty. And the Levites are addressed separately. How do you see that? <laughs> well, it says, Ata, Uvonecha, you and your sons. You and your sons, 
those were the only Kohanim at the time. This is before the story of Pinchas. So there was Aaron, and there was just two sons at this time. Nadav and Aviu had passed in a tragic, shall we say, um, mis, uh, misfire in which they got swept up and in the heat of the moment and in a, in a wave of ecstasy, they didn't make it. The other two sons, Elazar and Itamar, are left behind. So Aaron's got two sons now. Well, that gives you three Kohanim. So there's three Kohanim that have to stand guard duty. And when the Kohanim did this later on for centuries on end, they were taking the place of their ancestry, Aaron and his remaining two sons. And since the Torah says, Ata uvanecha itoch, we can derive that it speaks about a special mandate for Kohanim. Now, the Gemara is going to introduce us, as we'll see in a moment, to another verse. But first, the Rambam wanted to introduce this verse because it says, Ata uvanecha itoch lifnei ohel moed. So now we can understand and appreciate why there's an emphasis on the priests, the Kohanim, keeping watch in a unique and separate manner. The Rambam then goes on to continue quoting. Vahare ne'emar, and it is written, Vishamru et mishmeret ohel moed. So how do we know that this business of lifnei ohel ha'edut is actually about being a guard, about standing this, this guard duty? Well, we know that because just two verses later, and here we're talking about the fourth verse of that chapter, it speaks again about the Levites helping the Kohanim, and it says, Vishamru esmishmeret ohel moed. There we have the word shmira showing up in full color. So between verse 2 and between verse 4 of chapter 18, it becomes very clear to us that there has to be a guard duty performed by the Kohanim. But after all, this is the Mishkan. Rabbeinu Asher, the Rosh, one of the major Rishonim from the 13th century, he says, when the Gemara speaks about this, you have to understand that we're basing this on an understanding of what's written elsewhere. And he quotes the Gemara in Mesechat Eruvim. On the second page, which is right at the beginning of the tractate, it says on Dav Beis, it's actually page one. Mishkan ikri migdash, u migdash ikri mishkan. There is no inherent halachic difference between the traveling tabernacle and the permanent tabernacle. A, a house for God is a house for God. And whatever responsibility we would have towards God's holy home, we would have if it's permanent or if it's temporary. So Mishkan and Migdash are used interchangeably. In fact, right at the beginning, when T Torah introduces us to this idea, seemingly outlandish idea, that God wants a house or a sanctuary for His presence, we hear the word Migdash and we hear the word Mishkan. The word Migdash comes from the word Kodesh, holy or sanctified, the word Mishkan comes from the word Shechina, or divine presence. The words are used interchangeable, interchangeably. So once we have this idea that we're talking about Ohel Moed, or we're talking about the idea of Lifnei before the, the Ohel the Ohel Oedut, that's a reference not to the, the wood boards or animal skins any more so than the masonry of the, of the second or the first Beit HaMikdash. So this idea is that the Kohanim have to serve. 
the Nemar. Now the Rambam continues and he says, and it is written. And here he takes us back to a verse which is found in Numbers 3, verse 38. It says, That literally translates as, Encamping in front of the tabernacle, in front of the tent of meeting to the east, were Moshe, the Aaron, Uvanov, Moses, Aaron, and his sons. And over there, the Torah refers to them as Shomrei Mishmeret HaKodesh. They are the ones who are guards, the ones who are entrusted with keeping the sanctity of the Migdash so that no strangers or outsiders would approach. They'd understand this place isn't a free-for-all. It isn't neglected. It's Hashem's holy home, and it has to be treated as such. So because it says this verse, Vahachonim Kedma, we can understand that the Levites were also a part of this. Now to be sure, the Rambam doesn't elaborate at all. He merely quotes a collection of verses. The first set of verses is clearly speaking about Aaron and his sons, Kohanim. The second set of verses has to be speaking about Levites too because Moshe is a Levi. So if Moshe is a Levi and Aaron's a Kohen and the Torah puts them together in the same verse, then it must be that there are Kohanim and Levian that are responsible for guarding the Beis HaMikdash. The Rambam doesn't elaborate at this point and he will a little bit later on. But to appreciate the deeper meaning of these verses and why the Rambam must quote these verses, I want to share with you the words that are found in the Gemara. This is Mesecha Tamid, page 26. The Gemara begins after the question, from where do we know this? The Gemara says, Omar Abaye, the great sage Abaye talked. Omar Kra, the verse says, and this verse is the second verse that the Rambam quotes. The verse in Numbers 3, verse 38. And those who encamped in front of the tabernacle, before the tent of meeting, Mizracha, to the east, Moshe, Aaron, Uvanov, Moses, Aaron, and his sons. Shomrim Mishmeret Hakodesh, or Mishmeret Hamigdash. They are the ones who are guarding the watch of the Beis Hamigdash. And this is done, lemishmeret b'nei Yisrael, to as a trust, on behalf of the Israelite nation. You see, the mitzvah is incumbent upon Kohanim and Levim to carry out, but they're doing so on our behalf, because by maintaining the proper decorum and dignity, we won't encroach or go to places we shouldn't be, and in that way, the mishkan, the migdash is a place of esteem and hallowed respect. And as long as we respect God properly, we earn the Almighty's blessings. So the Gemara says, from this verse, Amri, I'm able to say, or this is kind of like a question, they said, Shimur ba'alma ashkechan. We can see very clearly that the Torah talks to us about the concept of guards who are performing 
some kind of duty of maintaining a certain decorum, dignity, or sanctity. However, who says that you have to have Kohanim and Leviim in different places? He says, sure. We can see the Ashkechon, that there has to be Kohanim and Leviim. However, our Mishnah divides the two. Maybe they're supposed to be kind of joined together. You know, like a, something you do in a partnership, a joint venture. And our Mishnah doesn't say that. Our Mishnah says there are three places where the Kohanim must stand guard duty and 21 places where the Levites stand. We'll learn this a little bit later on in this very chapter of Rambam. When we take a look at our verse, it lumps together the Kohanim and Levim at once. So the Gemara says, you're not reading that verse right. You need to know where to put the comma. Camping out in front of the tabernacle, in front of the Ohamoid, Mizracha, was... Moshe. Moshe representing the Levites. Vahodar, and only afterward does it say, Aharon Uvanov. And the truth is, there is a Vav, an and, Moshe, the Aharon Uvanov. So the Gemara understands this, the Aharon Uvanov, to take the priests, the Kohanim, and place them in a separate category the Levites' camp and the Kohanim' camp. The Levites have guard duty and the Kohenim have guard duty. Not the same guard duty, though. All of them have a responsibility to be Shomrei Mishmeret HaKodesh. Aaron Bechad Makom. So the Gemara says, and how do we know three places? Which is we're going to hear about later on in the Rambam as well. He says, because it's Aaron and then he has two children. So the Gemara says, how do you know all three aren't standing together? So the Gemara says that makes no sense. If Moshe is in one place, and then Aaron or Vanav are juxtaposed to Moshe, just as Moshe or the Levites are in one designation, one area, then Aaron or Vanav would also have separate designations. The Gemara then records another opinion, and this is the opinion of Rav Ashi. Ravashi says, we know this misay for the Kroh. We can see this at the end of the verse, because the verse, after speaking about Aaron of Vanov, says, Shomrim, Mishmeret, and then uses the word, Limishmeret. That's watching or guarding three times, three separate verbs. And because there are three separate verbs that indicate being responsible to guard the base of Migdash, we understand that the Kohenim have a separate duty from the Levites. The Mefarish, who is an anonymous commentator from the time of the Rishonim, on the Gemara Masechet Tomet says, you can understand easily, you can understand that there needs to be three separate places for the Kohanim. Because it says, why is that so easy to understand? Why can't they all be in the same place? <laughs> he says, if they're all three in the same place, then it wouldn't be called three watches. It would only be one watch. From the fact that the Torah calls them three separate guard duties, 
three guard duties means three separate places. Now, because these verses are used by the Talmud to indicate that the Kohanim have their responsibility and the Levites have their unique responsibility, it seems that the Rambam chose to quote all of these verses. And only by bringing all of these verses together in the end of Halacha Beis can we properly understand this idea that the Shomrim are Kohanim and Leviim. If the Rambam were to quote these verses, we would confuse Kohanim Leviim, assuming that you're Kohanim, or Levim, and they're in the same position. Because at this point, they're not actually serving in the base of Migdash. So in the temple, they have their unique designations. But outside the temple, in the guard duty, Kohenim or Levim become interchangeable. The Rambam wants to be clear in saying, the Shomrim are Kohenim and Levim, and they are given separate duties and separate responsibilities. This, incidentally, is kind of... Uh, well laid out in the writings of the Radvaz. The Radvaz, when he speaks in his commentary on the Salacha, you'll forgive me, I can't see without my glasses, he says, we can read these verses, Ashkechon, from the first verse we can see, the boy Kohanim Ulevim, we can see that he have to be there. However, how do we know there are different kinds of verses, uh, different kinds of, pardon me, of Shmirot? And he says, because we can see that there are different verses from the Pasuk, Lomadnu, Shahakonim, Smuchim, that the Kohenim guard close by, and the Levites, they guard on the outer arena, further away. And we can see, Lamadno, we learn from the, from the Gemara, from these verses, that the Kohenim have their area in which they guard, and the Levites have their area of guarding. And this is because, for it is written, First, you would encounter Moshe, and only afterwards, if you kept getting closer, you would encounter the Kohenim. So even if you got past the original guards, you'd then encounter more guards, and this would make you realize you're treading on sacred ground. Do it with caution. And when we approach Hashem with caution, we're not flippant about God's presence amongst us. Loving God is great, but there also to be, needs to be a sense of awe and a sense of respect, a sense of propriety. We have to be in awe of the responsibility that God gives us, of the opportunities that God gives us. We need to take life seriously. Not ourselves seriously, but life seriously. And our responsibility towards others seriously. And it begins at the Mishkan or Migdash. When we take God's holy abode seriously and treat it with the proper respect, it radiates an energy outward into our lives. It makes us realize that we are capable of sanctifying every iota of existence. And as long as we're taking our direction from the Beit HaMikdash, as long as the holiness radiates from that epicenter, if we have to take our lives seriously and appreciate each breath we take, asking ourselves constantly, what does God expect from me? And how can I better fulfill my mission, my mandate, and the purpose of my creation, then that's a way we can be sure that Bemheira obi Amenu, speedily, and in our days, we will merit the restoration of the third and eternal Beit HaMikdash in a time of peace and God consciousness for us all. May we merit this Bemheira obi Amenu, speedily, and in our days, Amen. Thank you so much for joining.